from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4 B. This is the news for week commencing February 26, 2012. And the WIA board meets in what is said to be one of the most productive board meetings in many a decade. Also, we'll be hearing... From the City of Lights, Perth and VK6 FLAB, Ono on the great celebrations to celebrate the John Glenn Passover Perth in Friendship 7. All up and coming in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia for Feb 26, 2012. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. The WIA board met at the Bayswater Victoria offices over the weekend of the 18th and 19th of February. Because the board only meets face-to-face two or three times a year, one of which is after the annual general meeting, there is a great deal of work to do and very many matters were discussed and some just not reached. WIA Treasurer John Longarow and Secretary Sarah Thompson were also present and WIA Manager Mal Brooks kept the minutes. Let me identify some of the issues that were addressed by the Board. One was the appointment of a new RD Contest Manager to replace Peter Harding, VK4OD. Alan Shannon, VK4SN, who will be supported by the Lockyer Valley Radio and Electronics Club, was appointed RD Contest Manager, and others who had expressed a willingness to help were thanked for their interest. The Board made it clear that while it expected that there would be some rule changes for the 2012 contest, and it expected these changes to be placed on the WIA website to allow comment, it hoped that there would not be further changes for some years. Trent Sampson, VK4TI, is now the director responsible for contests. Concern was expressed at the number of members not renewing. The board agreed to attempt better communication with clubs, continuing to provide the services it could to help them and, at the same time, seeking their support in attracting and retaining members of the WIA. The Board met with Peter Mill, the Beacon and Repeater Coordinator, and understood some of the difficulties he faced. It was agreed to use a new method of tracking Beacon and Repeater applications so that the office, once it was implemented, would be able to know the precise stage each application was at and to advise the applicants accordingly. Considerable time was devoted to reviewing WIA awards. A number of changes are contemplated and the director responsible for awards, Chris Platt, will be reporting on that matter directly after he has consulted with the awards committee. The board agreed with the general approach of the ACMA to the higher power trials 
and that is the subject of a separate release today. The WIA website will provide additional information, hopefully sometime later next week. A design for a travelling badge based on the design suggested by Murray Deplater, VK1MDP, was chosen and production will now be investigated. Time was spent discussing the Commonwealth proposed uniform health and work safety laws as yet to be adopted by many of the states. These, duty, these laws require a duty of care to volunteers and create offences for not discharging that duty. Among the many other matters discussed and decided were a budget for the current year, the implication of the result of WRC 12, including the agenda for the next WRC, the ongoing discussions with the ACMA on a number of matters, the inspection of stations and possession of transmitters by amateur licensees, the magazine, the Mildura Annual Conference, and a new award for the first person to make a contact on two metres between Africa and Australia, presented by Eric Jamison, VK5LP. The board will now resort to communicating on a daily basis by email. Overall, it was one of the busiest and, I think, most successful board meetings I have attended. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard through the Amateur Radio Victoria VK3BWI broadcast network each Sunday at 10.30am and 8pm on the two-metre repeaters VK3RMM at Mount Macedon and VK3RML Mount Daninong, plus the 80, 40 and 30-metre bands. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. The national news it is from the WIA and VK1 WIA. Ted Thrift, VK2ARA, our WIA clubs coordinator, has come up against a brick wall regarding having WIA-affiliated clubs replying to him with insurance details. As Ted said in a recent reminder communication, it is very disappointing to see less than 50% of clubs respond to requests for information so that I can save them costs on liability insurance. I ask you to ask if your club has done all that was asked, and if not, I urge you to ask your club why not. After all, it is for the benefit of your club that the group cover offer is made. Fifty years of anticipation all worked out the way that we wanted when we celebrated John Glenn's orbit in Friendship 7 in Perth last Monday. Here's Ono, VK6 FLAB. We had John Glenn, the Premier of WA, the Lord Mayor of Perth, Lynn Beasley, the WA Chief Scientist and many other dignitaries on hand to celebrate. We even managed to squeeze in some David Bowie and a video on how to become an astronaut. The crowds filled the Northbridge Piazza and much anticipation culminated at 10.24 UTC. Orbital calculations all worked out and the International Space Station made it across the horizon. There were some chilling seconds when Mike was calling from Honolulu, but in the end the contact was a great success. Of course, an event like this could not have been possible without a little help from some friends. Captain Dan Burbank on the International Space Station, the WA State Records Office, the WA Museum, the City of Perth, ARIS, NASA and the Hills Amateur Radio Group. 
A full credit list is being prepared on the Hills Amateur Radio Group website, but two people require a special mention. Tony, VK5ZAI, the Australian Aris mentor, and Meg, VK6LUX, who energetically kept the multitude of interested parties moving along, making it all possible. We managed to get Amateur Radio into the news on ABC Online, ABC Radio and local television. Who knows, we might pick up some more amateurs along the way. Alex, VK6FLOL, and Donald, VK6PDS, scored a place in history as prize winners for the contact. Perhaps you can help a local school in your area for an Aris contact next year. Are you coming to the WIA AGM weekend in Mildura? On the Saturday afternoon, we're having a technical symposium where we've got guest speakers talking on topics of interest to the radio amateur. And one of those guest speakers is Peter Cossens, VK3BFG. I've got Peter with me this morning. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Robert. Now, you're coming to Mildura, right? That's right, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to hearing you talking about ATV. What have you got in store for us, Pete? Well, there's, uh, apart from the DVBT, which has uh, obviously been advertised, we have a new DVBS system, and that system has uh, put digital ATV within the realms of just about anyone. Fantastic. And you'll be bringing information or one of these units to Mildura? I hope so. I'm building one right now. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll see the project uh, as it's coming along, if it's not complete by Mildura. Well, look, thanks for uh, being one of the guest speakers, and we really do look forward to having you there. Thanks, Robert, and I hope uh, lots of people are interested in ATV. Thank you. Oh, and keep an eye out in your next AR magazine for our full-colour conference brochure, and don't forget the registration page on the WIA website. Up, up and away. See you in Mildura. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Taking it to a higher power, from March 1, 2012, the ACMA will accept applications from amateur advanced licensees to use transmitter output power of up to 1,000 watts peak envelope power, permissible output power level from nominated fixed positions. Here is WIA President VK3KI Michael Owen, details of the ACMA publication of the Amateur Higher Transmitter Power Trials. The ACMA has published on its website details of the trial. The trial will commence on the 1st of March and will continue until the 31st of August 2013. The ACMA has advised the WIA that the 18-month authorisation is intended to provide the ACMA with time to evaluate the success of the trial after a 12-month period and to consider permanent regulatory arrangements, if warranted, while avoiding dead air between the evaluation time and the implementation of permanent arrangements, if appropriate. The paper is in the part of the ACMA site dealing with amateur matters and is an information paper. A brief article also appears on the Engage part of the ACMA website where anyone can record their comments. 
the ACMA will not accept applications for variation of licence conditions to allow, allow higher power before the 1st of March 2012. The WIA hopes to publish some additional material on its website before the end of next week. The WIA Board, in considering this trial at its meeting on 18-19 February, thought it very important to point out to every amateur considering obtaining a higher power permit that this is a trial and if problems do emerge this could affect whether Australian amateurs will continue to be able to use the higher power if they wish. In particular, if interference is caused to others, the WIA advises that the amateur must immediately do whatever it takes to stop the interference and must resolve the problem without resort to the ACMA. Links to both the sites I have mentioned can be found on the release dealing with this matter on the WIA website. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. With Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Getting youth interested by exhibiting at high schools. Students in most high schools have never heard of Amateur Radio. IARU Region 1 Youth Coordinator Lisa, PA2LS, suggests how to raise awareness of the hobby. An opportunity to change thinking is to exhibit at a local high school. Veron did this recently, and their goal was to show youth that there is more than only internet and apps. First they started with making promotion material like flyers, banners and pens, and the committee made the decision what they wanted to show. They chose to show in an active way what the amateur radio hobby is all about. The next step was to ask members of the Veron section to help during the exhibition. It seemed during club meetings that there were many members who wanted to participate and help. Also some younger members, which is nice when you're promoting on a school. Before the start of the exhibition, which was two days in total, local radio amateurs helped with the preparations. A pump mast was placed at the schoolyard, and inside the schoolyard was a stand next to the electrical engineering faculty of the school. There was also a self-build SDR radio, self-build radios, 80-metre QRP transmitter, and much more. International news now. WRC 12, IARU Vice President Ollie Garbstead, LA2RR, chats with ITU. IARU Vice President Ollie Garbstead, LA2RR, sat down for a video interview with the ITU press office at 4U1 ITU, the amateur radio station at ITU headquarters in Geneva. During the interview, IARU Region 1 President Hans Timmerman, PB2T, operated CW in the background, discussed was agenda item 1.23 and what it means to the amateur radio service and what the IARU does at the WRC, the future of amateur radio and what the amateur radio service and the IARU are doing for the next WRC. LABRE meets the Minister of Communications and Broadcast Associations to empower EMC rules in Brazil. The Brazilian National Amateur Radio Society, LABRE, made two important meetings in Brazil to discuss administrative affairs and EMC. 
LABRE will join a working group to solve some of the problems and write a new national amateur radio rule. LABRE will ask to be a member of GPRI, a permanent radio interference group held by Anatel, to study and expose the interference cases. IARU International Radio Union and their national organisations like LABRE for a long time battle for a healthy spectrum, sustain a useful environment able to fully develop the amateur radio service including low-power, long-distance communications. One of the most important cases of amateur radio EMC concerns with juridical and technical consequences is related to PLC, PLT and BPL noise. LABRE was represented on the meetings by the likes of PY5EG, former president of LABRE, and PT2ADM, current president. New pressures on jammers of international broadcasts. The International Telecommunication Union has called upon the world's nations to take necessary actions to stop intentional interference with satellite transmissions. The change in ITU regulations, which was approved at the just-concluded World Radio Communications Conference WRC12 in Geneva, Switzerland, came after numerous complaints that international satellite TV programs in Persian and Arabic were suffering from deliberate interference known as jamming. To satellite operators that have been targeted, Utelsat and Arabsat said the interfering signals originated from Iran and Syria. The International Campaign for Human Rights in Iran termed satellite jamming part of a broader effort. The Iranian government is also engaged in comprehensive attempts to take complete control of online access to the internet as well as restricting mobile voice and data communications, the group said in a statement urging the WRC to address the jamming issue. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column. Dateline 2012. VK John Moore Memorial Field Day, March 17 and 18. Worldwide Fist Titanic Sprint, April 15. VK ZL AMCW and Anzac Day, April 25. VK ZL Trans Tasman Contest 80 Metres SSB, May 5. VK Shires Contest. June 9 and 10. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest 160 metres SSB. June 25. ZL NZAT Memorial Contest. July 1st full weekend. VK Remembrance Day Contest. August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend. August 18 and 19. Special Event Stations DX and Beacon and Net Advice. 9H3PP. From Malta, 9H3PP, May 26th and 27th, during the CQ Worldwide WPXCW contest. Activity outside of the contest will be on 6 and 12 metres, possibly 17 metres. QSL via HA5PP. J88DR, St Vincent in the Caribbean. J88DR will be there until 14 March on the HF bands, with emphasis on 30, 17 and 12 metres. QSL to Dave G3TBK TA1TC Albania will be on the air during the CQ WPXSSB contest. This with word that TA1HZ will operate from that nation as ZA1TC for the period of March 23 to 26. 
Details and QSL info is on at www.qrz.com. Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone IIRU Monitoring System Newsletter The January issue of the IIRU Monitoring System Newsletter reports on Indonesian pirates in the 10 MHz band. The newsletter says Indonesian pirates on 10.121 and 10.145 USB in the evening hours. Indonesian pirates on 7.000.0 kHz were audible every evening in Germany, in Japan and Australia. They were transmitting an USB and LSB, chatting, singing and laughing. The International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System Region 1 January 2012 newsletter can be read at the link in this week's text edition. Subscribe for your personal script delivery from wia.org.au. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. What use is an F-call? In my day-to-day environment, I meet lots of different people. Many of them are not amateurs. In fact, most of them are not amateurs. That's not to say that I can't see that some of those people could be, and some have amateur written all over their forehead without ever realising it. Now it's not for me to tell you to go out and convert people to amateurs. That's your job. Hi, hi. What I'd like to look at is what is it that brought you into amateur radio? I've said in the past that for me it came as a surprise. I knew two people, one of whom was a known amateur, the other not. I'd never talked about amateur radio with either of them. The person who is the known amateur has had their license for many years as long as I've known them, 20-odd years, likely longer. I've never gotten around to asking. The other, secret amateur, was the one who's responsible for me becoming aware of this hobby. It all started pretty innocently. Here's a Wi-Fi quadcopter with an amateur radio license. We might be able to extend its range to something useful. It went in a whirlwind from there. Since I became an amateur, I've been fascinated with how people become involved in amateur radio. For some of those, the incentive was lost in the history of time. For others, it's as fresh as the ink on their license. One amateur I spoke with talked about how amateur radio was their opportunity to a first step in a very challenging and rewarding hobby. Bounce signals off the moon talk to people of all ethnicities, social positions, religions, colours, creeds, etc. Join a group of earth people that have few boundaries. They wistfully added, maybe this is one of the seeds of the world race. Your reason for joining amateur radio likely looks nothing like any of the ideas or reasons I've just mentioned. Perhaps you have a distinct first memory. Perhaps you might consider how you got the amateur radio bug and how that might relate to the people around you. Perhaps you'll find new amateurs in unexpected places, or find old friends where you never looked before. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Radio Amateur Chris Hadfield, VA300G, to command the ISS. 
The BBC reports that astronauts Chris Hadfield, VA-300G, will be the first Canadian to command the International Space Station. His big moment will begin when he launches the station on a Soyuz rocket at the end of this year. For three months, the 52-year-old will serve as a flight engineer in the Expedition 34 crew. Then in March 2013, he will assume command of Expedition 35 for three months before returning to Earth in his Soyuz capsule. Chris, VA-300G, also holds the callsign KC-5RNJ. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, The Ham's Domain. New WIA member-only features on the WIA website. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN, the WIA webmaster. The March edition of AR Magazine. Well, it's about to hit your letterbox if it's not already there. When it arrives, make sure that you save the mailing address sheet that's included inside the plastic wrapper. The details on that sheet will enable you to register for member access on the WIA website. Registering for access is quite easy, and all you need to apply for your unique member password are the details that are included on the mailing address sheet. This formal registration procedure using the mailing address sheet, well, it's necessary so that we can correctly verify the identity of each member before assigning the access password. With your member password, you'll have ongoing secure access to view your membership details and access member-only features that are coming up on the website. Without a reliable verification process, then of course anybody could simply call up the WIA office, pretend or claim to be you, and obtain a password to view membership and other personal information. So, the formal process of registration using the mailing address sheet that's necessary. Belgium Amateurs Embrace Social Media The Board of Directors of the National Amateur Radio Society of Belgium, the UBA, has taken the plunge to embrace social media. The UBA says that social media is becoming an indispensable tool in the toolbox of any organisation that wants to communicate with its target groups, namely the members of those interested in the hobby. You can find the UBA at Facebook, Twitter and YouTube TV. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Military World War II radar station RAF Dunkirk sold at auction. Several bidders were interested in the disused World War II radar station a former Kent radar station which was used to help defend Britain during World War II has been sold at auction. RAF Dunkirk near Faversham was built after 1937 to provide long-range early warning for the Thames estuary and the southeastern approaches to London. The station is spread over 26 acres and is listed as a scheduled monument. The site, which includes the transmitter block, pillar boxes, radio tower base and an underground transmitter room sold for £158,000. Special Interest Group's Raw Rotarians of Amateur Radio Worldwide President serves a three-year stint. In July of this year, it'll be Australia's turn. VK4ZD Bill will be taking on that role for the coming three years. Each year, Rotary International has an international Rotary convention held in a different part of the world. In 2015, it'll be held in Sydney. Plans are already underway to have a special event ham radio station active at the convention. Bill VK4ZD is well known on the bands, and after this year he took out third place overall in the West Lakes Cup. 
That's all I have for you for this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. As time goes by, VK4BB rewinds to Ham Radio's halcyon days. Rewinding we go, the Voice of America. Voice of America, which sent its original broadcast overseas service some 70 years ago, will see backers of its first built transmitting station at Bethany begin fundraising to make it a national museum. The impact of the local transmitting station was felt in 1944 when the building and its six 200,000-watt transmitters were completed about a year after groundbreaking. The station was instantly able to broadcast news to Europe, Africa and South America. Now, what happened here is something that I suppose only a few of us in the community understand or realise the significance of, National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting Board President Ken Reiser said. None of this had been done before. They couldn't just pull things off a shelf. They had to actually design, build and construct all from scratch. These were things that were probably equivalent of going to the moon in the 60s. The old VOA Bethany Relay Station is undergoing approximately half a million US dollars worth of exterior restoration work that includes installation of a new roof and block maintenance on the rear of the building. You can read the entire story with pictures on the National VOA Museum of Broadcast Plans 2012 website. Just Google Voice of America Museum. From VK1WIA, this is the National News Service. Tune in today, focus on tomorrow. Well, that takes us to the end of WIA National News. To everybody at the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's Wyong Field Day, we certainly hope that you're enjoying the time there and going to come away with lots of great bargains. We'll be here again next week on VK1WIA, bringing you the news that matters to the ham radio operators of VK and the world. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.